Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another highlight of human civilization. It's called Coffee with Scott Adams. If I could get my cables out of your camera, we'd all be happy, wouldn't we? There we go. Look at that. Problem solved. Yay. Now, how would you like to take this experience up to levels that nobody ever even dreamed of being possible? I've got two whiteboards back there that are going to change civilization. Possibly. (laughs) It might actually change civilization. But you'll be the judge of that. But before we get there, let's take our energy up to the stratosphere. And all you need is a cup or a mug or a glass, a tanker, chalice, or stein, a canteen, jug, or flask, a vessel of any kind. Fill it with your favorite liquid. I like coffee. And join me now for the unparalleled pleasure, the dopamine hit of the day, the thing that makes everything better, including Double whiteboards. It's called the simultaneous sip, and it happens now. Go. That's so good. Yeah, I've got I've got three cameras here that I'm trying to coordinate, but I think we can make this all work. Well, let's talk about the news before I change the world with my double whiteboard. And uh, let's see, number one, there's uh, some new obesity research that uh, suggests that we know which part of the brain is regulating your energy and your eating, I guess. And with a small tweak there, some people say you could eat as much as you want without getting obese. Does that sound like good news? You could eat as much as you want, maybe. I mean, it's not a thing yet, so it's premature. But there is some possibility you could eat as much as you want and not get overweight. Pretty good, huh? I can't think of a worse idea. (laughs) Because our food is poison. You know, our processed foods are just, the more you eat, the unhealthier you're going to get. Do you know what makes me feel the best? Which is one of the reasons I've lost uh, 10 pounds recently. I've started tracking, you know, when I feel good and when I don't. And it's perfectly clear that the thing that makes me feel bad for the rest of the day is food. Just food. Now, it doesn't matter, you know, it does matter what I eat. You know, if I just eat, uh, you know, fresh fruit and nuts, I feel fine. Fresh fruit, fruit and nuts. Perfectly healthy all day long. If I eat anything that comes out of a package, um, I got inflammation, I'm tired. You know, it's a completely different experience. If I could eat twice as much food, I wouldn't really want to eat twice as much fruit and nuts, just as one example. I wouldn't want to. But you can imagine a lot of people who like to eat processed foods and stuff, they would eat twice as much processed foods. Do you think they're going to feel better? I feel like obesity is the only thing that stops you from overeating. I think I don't want to get obese, so I'll eat a little less. I don't know. feels like it could be good news that's really bad news. You never know. Well, China has a problem of too many men. They have 32 million more men than they have women. 
32 million extra men who don't have an option of having their own you know, exclusive woman and a family. Now, that was, of course, because of China's one-child policy for so many years, which is now a three-child policy, because uh, we're running out of people. 32 million is the, the entire population of Afghanistan. The entire population of Afghanistan is the same as the number of extra men in China. Historically, what have countries done when they had too many men? <laughs> War. Yeah, unfortunately, we're built to um, kind of occasionally cut down on the number of extra men. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if China ends up with an enormous army of proportions that nobody can even you know, understand. Because otherwise, what are you going to do with them all? Are they going to start having two men for one wife? Maybe. Actually, that might actually happen. That might actually become a thing. All right. Maybe that would solve some other problems, too. You know, if both the men were okay with it, two men with one wife would probably be a pretty good... It would probably be a pretty good arrangement for some people. All right, so let's watch for that. Um, today, Today might be a short presentation, but the most important one you've ever seen. I'm trying to build it up so you can't wait, because it actually might be. Let me tell you one of my secrets for happiness. I've talked about this in at least one or two of my books. I like to have at least one thing going on in my life that could change the world. Now, what are the odds that any one person can change the world in you know, any important way? Well, on one hand, you say, well, it's very low chance that you could change the world. But if you look at how the world has ever changed, it's almost always one person. <laughs> one person is usually the only way the world changes. They're first. They're not the only one. But they, there's always somebody who goes first. You know, there's a, uh, so one person can change the world. So here are a couple of things that I have going on right now that might change the world. Don't know. One of them is my book, Reframe Your Brain. It's not written just to have a good time on an airplane. It's written because it, once you understand this material, you'll be able to literally change how you think on demand in a, a wide variety of domains. Now, if you could change how you think, you would change how you would, you would act. And you, know, you could easily imagine that it would help people you know, see the world clearer in a more useful way and could change the world. Now, if it became a number one bestseller, it would absolutely change the world. There's no doubt about it. Because in the the uh, non-fiction world, uh, let's take a book like The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. You know, just sat on the bestseller list for decades. That totally changed how people acted, right? They read that book and they said, oh, this is a bunch of good tips. I'll better keep my skills sharp and stuff like that. So if you can be a number one book, you actually do change the world in the nonfiction, in the nonfiction domain. So there's some chance. Doesn't mean it'll happen, but I like my odds. But what I have on the whiteboard is another one. I'm going to show you something on the whiteboard after a few more stories that could change the world. Actually, literally. 
What are the odds? I don't know. You know, not 100%. <laughs> but it's not 10%. It's probably a greater than 10% chance it will change everything. So that's, that's, what, I, that's what I think you should wait for. All right. Uh, the X platform, which I'm phasing out of saying Twitter at the same time. Is everybody ready? If I said, meanwhile, on X, you would all know what I mean at this point, right? So is it time to start phasing out the that you used to call Twitter? You ready? Everybody ready for that? I think I think we're ready. Let's call it. Let's call it. Today's the day. Stop dead naming X. Stop dead naming it. No, no dead naming. All right. Well, on X, the uh, the phrase ADL is trending. And I said to myself, what's all, all that about? So there are a lot of people who are calling the uh, ADL. What does the A stand for? What's the A and ADL stand for? Anti-Defamation League. The Anti-Defamation League. Um, which Republicans have caught on. <laughs> I think they caught on a while ago. That it's uh, basically a, a Democrat hate group and, and a way to attack Republicans in every way and call them racist. So the ADL is, I'm sure they had noble, you know, noble uh, intentions when they started. And I'm sure there are plenty of members of it who still have noble intentions. But in terms of the leadership, my observation and my opinion is it's just a racist Democrat organization now. So it looks like they get all the money from Democrats and then they use it to label Democrats' enemies as a bunch of racists. And then they say, hey, don't listen to me. Listen to the people I funded to call you a racist. Because if it was just me, I mean, if it's just me, it's just an opinion. But it's not just an opinion. It's coming from the people I paid to say my opinion. That's completely different. You get it? It's not my opinion. I'm just referring to the people I paid to tell you my opinion. Can you not get the difference? All right, so that's what's going on with the ADL. When when I got canceled, the ADL came after me and called me a Holocaust denier. Does that sound like me? (laughs) Does that sound like they did their homework and they came up with a good take to help the world be a better place? by calling me a Holocaust denier. Was, it, was that useful? That came from the head of the organization. It didn't come from like a, you know, some rank and file. The, the actual leader of the organization, in public, called me a Holocaust denier. Now, do you think that has anything to do with anything factual? Of course not. <laughs> of course not. No, they're just a racist Democrat organization uh, whose job it is to you know, defame people they don't like. Now, do they also do some good stuff? Probably. Probably. That, that's why they get to stay in their little cover position, because they also do some good stuff. I assume. I mean, I haven't seen any, but I, I just assume they do some good stuff. All right. Um, do you remember, oh, it was 2020 or so, that I got absolutely destroyed on a platform that we call X. But it used to be called something else. I'm not even going to dead name it now. You know that. But uh, I tweeted that if uh, 
Joe Biden got elected, the Republicans would be hunted. Oh, man, did I get attacked for that. Oh, people still tweeted around. No, no, they posted around. People still posted around to try to mock me for how wrong I was in 2020. Are you feeling I was wrong? Do you feel that the Republicans were not at all hunted? Well, let's talk about the... uh, Dominique Pizzola, uh, a Proud Boy member who uh, smashed a window during the January 6th stuff and got 10 years in prison for breaking a window. 10 years in prison for breaking a window. Joe Biggs got 15 years in prison for nothing violent, 17. Seven, somebody saying 17. For nothing violent. Well, if you say to yourself, hey, you do, you do the crime, you do the time, right? You do the crime, you do the time. That's just how our system works. Does it? Does it? Really? Is that how it worked with uh, Black Lives Matter and Antifa when they were burning down the place? Is it, is it how it worked when Trump got... Um, elected in 2016, and all of these same people, well, the groups anyway, not the people, but the same groups, attacked uh, the Capitol and 50, 50 Secret Service people were injured? Was that it? Uh, 50 people were injured? Lots of property damage? Fires? Yeah. So we do have a country in which we can say, um, I think without any argument at this point, that uh, Republicans are hunted, and that the system is trying to exterminate at least the Republican Party, if not the people. Uh, so you, you hear some people saying, oh, you know, it's going to get so bad that you could be jailed for your opinion for being a Republican. Well, that's happening now. That's, that's actually happening. People are being jailed for their opinion. Now, the, the fake reason is that they broke a window or that they were part of a pro Those are fake reasons. Now, do you think that the Democrats know that this is happening? If you're a Democrat, don't you think that people broke the law and then the law caught up with them and, hey, that's how it's supposed to work? Do you believe they have any idea what's going on? I don't. I don't think they have any idea. How could they? <laughs> the only place they would tell them are the media sources that their own side says, if you even look at those sources, there's something wrong with you. You can't even look at them. You wouldn't even want it in your browser history. You know what I mean? Yeah, so they have no way to know. Um, So I'm going to call this my best prediction ever, that Republicans were hunted and are being hunted. How many of you would say that that's an accurate claim of success? That I accurately claimed that the way things were added is the Republicans would be identified and hunted. Now, I don't mean every Republican. I mean that they only have to hunt and abuse and jail enough so that the rest of you will shut the fuck up. Do you, do you feel that you've, uh, you've uh, let's say, modified your free speech to not get caught up in the January 6th, you know, illegitimate prosecution sort of thing? Yeah. Uh, I would. So there have been a few times this week when I thought to myself of 
saying something online that would get close to sounding like I was organizing something. And then I thought, oh, crap. If it sounds like I promoted something or organized any kind of response to what we're seeing, then I would be thrown in jail, perhaps, to be someone inciting violence or maybe banned from platforms or something. So I feel that my free speech is, at least on that topic, is completely gone. But, as I often say, you don't have to worry about some parts of the country until they're quiet. Now, I plan to never be quiet, but my free speech is being eroded a little bit you know, at a time because I don't want to go to jail. You know, I didn't mind getting canceled, as you all noticed. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't mind that at all. I didn't mind being canceled because I feel that's part of the system. Yeah, people can act any way they want. It's a free, free world. But now I actually fear going to jail. Like, actually, literally. That's not hyperbole. I spent a good time yesterday thinking about everything I do and everybody I've talked to and everything I've ever said to wonder if I could go to jail. Not because I broke any laws, but because somebody could say I did. So I actually spent some of my time trying to figure out how not to go to jail for an illegitimate prosecution in America. That's a real thing. Spend my time doing that. Yeah. Um, how many of you saw the greatest show that has ever been on the Internet, in my opinion, and it featured uh, Phil Bump, uh, allegedly a writer <laughs> of the Washington Post, uh, being grilled, oh my God, it was, it was amazing, by, in a podcast, by the owner of the comedy seller, Noam Dwarman. And I need a fact check on Noam. Uh, is he an attorney who now owns the Comedy Center? Uh, why, why was he so good at his questioning? Was he, is he a trained attorney? Or is he just super smart? Like, he really, he really had the goods. Does anybody know? If you know... <laughs> How about something not anti-Semitic? <clears throat> Maybe that would be better. Right? Yeah. Don't make the ADL be right. <laughs> don't, don't, don't let them be right. Right? Calm down. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, wow. Um, but is he an attorney? All right. Well, whether or not he's an attorney or he went to law school... He had the best game I've seen of any podcaster. That's a pretty big claim, but I'll say it again. He had the best game I've ever seen of a podcaster in the political domain. He absolutely eviscerated Phil Bump, who most of us who are you know, close followers of the news, you know he's not a real news guy. He's a regime cover-up guy. Or at least allegedly, allegedly... So, allegedly, he's one of the go-to top ten Democrats when they need a designated liar, somebody to cover up one of their ops. So he's one of the ones who helped cover up the uh, Russia collusion op. The laptop is a Russian disinformation op. Uh, He lied about the upside-down Bible story. You heard that hoax. So he's sort of a hoax supporter kind of a guy. Now, nobody thinks he's a real, real writer if they, follow, if they pay attention. 
When I got canceled, he was one of the main guys who came after me in public to dunk on me for getting canceled. So you can imagine my glee in watching his entire career being dissected while he was still alive. <laughs> it was like a human autopsy. <laughs> All right. So I'm not going to play you a, a clip because anything you see in a context, like a little part of it, would never, would never give you a sense of what happened. It was, it was a live murder. He <laughs> was destroyed. And mostly he did it to himself. Now, some of you are going to say, I'll just give you a sense of it. Can I, can I give you, let's say, a five-second uh, five impression of Phil Bump answering any good question? And there were just like lots of good questions, just ordinary good questions. But here's him answering any good question. Well, if you're not going to listen to all the counter-information I had, I, it's a setup. It's a setup. Well, this I should just walk right out. If you're not going to listen to anything I say, and then Noam would say, well, you know, what are you trying to say? You know, what's the answer to the question? Well, how many times do I have to tell you? Dude, you read my articles. Do you read my articles? If you haven't read my articles, this looks like just some kind of a setup. You know, I, now, I made that all up. But imagine, imagine that was his reaction from the start of the interview. That was his first reaction. Imagine what he was like in an hour and 15 minutes. He got poked so hard in the first five seconds that he completely flipped down. Like his body language was just all... He couldn't even sit in the chair right. He was like sitting in the chair like this. Like he was just completely wrecked. And at some point, he realized, he, re- he stayed, yeah. By the way, there's some fake news that he walked out. Uh, you know, so the, the right is not, the political right is not without their fake news. So the way I saw it reported is that he walked out, and nothing like that happened. In fact, it was the opposite. He, he stayed way beyond the time he had committed to stay. So I'm going to defend him on that. He did not walk out. He walked out when, really, it was winding down and it was time to leave. But he did flip out. Now, a number of people said to me, ah, that's cognitive dissonance. The way he's acting, it's like a tell for realizing you know, something that, that he didn't think was true before. But I'm here to tell you, I've seen a lot of cognitive dissonance. It's one of the things I talk about the most. That didn't look like cognitive dissonance to me. I didn't see any cognitive dissonance. I saw somebody who knew he was a liar and knew that his job is to cover for the regime hoaxes and he was going to get caught because he ran into a buzzsaw that he didn't know was a buzzsaw. He probably thought he was talking to some comedy seller guy who would have all the understanding of a comedian. You know what I mean? (laughs) He probably thought that because the guy owned a comedy shop, he was probably more of an artist who got lucky in business or something. And that, and that this would be like a, you know, an easy one, and he would just say everything he wants to say, and the other guy wouldn't know what the good questions were, or what was wrong with his answer. <clears throat> oh no, that's not what happened. Uh, again, I can't say enough about Noam Dorman. I've never seen a more capable, or competent, political interview. I mean, he's a star. He's a freaking star, and he never lost his cool even while Bump was flipping out, which made it even all the more interesting to watch. So 
Um, I would not say that was cognitive dissonance. It was not cognitive dissonance. That, that was somebody who got caught. And uh, so here's the best part of it. Uh, after all of that, he made a reference to why you should believe him because he's the expert on the, on the Hunter laptop shoes. You should believe everything he says. But also that he, uh, he has the credibility of a big institution that backs him. He actually said that. He said that you can believe him because the Washington Post backs him. The Washington Post. Now let me ask you this. How many Democrats would know that that's a, a laugh line? Like how many actual Democrat voters know that saying that the Washington Post backs you is really literally hilarious? Probably not many. Yeah, but I'll bet a lot of Republicans know it. Yeah, the Washington Post reportedly and allegedly gets their direction from the CIA. Reportedly. And it seems obvious that some of their writers are more on, more on the page of wherever their direction is coming from than others. Okay. So the Washington Post actually ended up backing him uh, when he's been conclusively debunked as a liar on several of his stories. Like, there's no doubt about it. It's not, it's not even an opinion. It's just, it's just the, the legal system itself showed that he was a liar or that his information was wrong. Not, not necessarily that he was lying, because that's mind reading, but that his stories were factually incorrect. And the Washington Post, instead of, instead of saying, well, he may have gotten some facts wrong, but we back him, they didn't do that. They just said they back him, as if his incorrect reporting is what they were backing. So, um, to me, this was fascinating. Um, it was extra fascinating because it showed you the gears of the machine. If you did not know that the opinion pieces, the opinion writers especially, for something like the Washington Post are not, not like regular reporters, that there's a whole different mechanism going on, if you didn't know that, you got to see it for the first time. Because if you wondered, hey, I wonder if he thinks he's telling the truth. Maybe he believes what he's saying. You could tell for sure he doesn't believe what he's saying. <laughs> that became really clear. I'm not a mind reader, but after an hour and a quarter of him you know, treading water and trying to you know, divert from things he said, it was pretty obvious he knew. Yeah, it was pretty obvious he's a propaganda guy and not a, not a, not a genuine opinion guy. Well, that's my opinion about him. Let's talk about some more hoaxes. So here's one I didn't know at the time, but apparently it's been revealed that there was some big, massive hoax up in Canada about alleged mass graves of indigenous children. So the, I guess the idea was that at some point in Canada's history, and I don't know what, uh, what era they're talking about, but that a bunch of indigenous people, their children, were killed in a mass grave. This, of course, turned out to be completely false. But in the, between the period that it was widely reported as true and the time it took them to dig up all the places where they said it was to find out there was nothing there, during that time, 83 churches were burned down or vandalized in Canada in response. Now... Do you think that um, 
that nobody who was pressing the story knew it was false? Because remember, when they looked for evidence, there was none. There was not even one body. It was just dirt. So do you think that there was anybody who reported, people are saying this, but there is zero evidence? Do you think the news said there's absolutely no evidence of it, so don't assume this is true, but you know it's in the news, so we're telling you about it? Somehow the Canadian news convinced people this was real without any evidence. Without any evidence. Because it didn't happen, so there couldn't be evidence. Right? I mean, not physical evidence. And the physical evidence would be the most obvious thing you'd ask for, because it's literally about a mass grave. So if the story is about, I think it was multiple mass graves, right? If the story is about a mass grave on your own territory, how long does it take to see if there's a picture of some bones? How did it go that long? You have to assume that this was an op of some kind, because it doesn't look like a natural news story or even a natural rumor that got out of hand. It looks like an op. It looks like somebody wanted to get rid of some churches. Now, I don't know that that was the case. It might have been just massive incompetence, right? Could could have been just massive incompetence. Well, here's the fun part. Oh, one more. Dan Bongino is not happy with NBC News uh, because Dan Bongino was amplifying uh, Tucker Carlson's Let's say, what would you say, his concern that what we're seeing in the news suggests that uh, there's some interest by bad people to assassinate Trump. That everything we've seen leading up to it is, is creating an uh, impression that there might be even something more extreme if they can't take him out through legal means. Um, so... Dan Bongino, apparently, so he has, obviously, career experience. Uh, He was Secret Service, right? He used to be Secret Service, so he knows what protecting a president or anybody looks like. So he was was apparently um, putting some layers onto that idea, uh, layers of credibility that we should literally think about Trump's physical safety more. And there was an NBC News that mocked him and um, threw him in the same category with uh, Alex Jones as a disgraced conspiracy theory. That's what they called Alex, Alex Jones, disgraced. That's what they call me, too. That's what I call myself. I like to call myself disgraced cartoonist. Um, so the story is, if you, were, if you were a Democrat and you looked at the story, you'd say, huh, Dan Bongino's claiming something without evidence, and then NBC News, doing their job as a news organization, called him out for being a conspiracy theorist that's like all those other conspiracy theorists, and you should watch out for those guys. So that's why you would think if you were a Democrat. If you're a Republican, you probably have seen uh, the smart people say that NBC is essentially a CIA tool, and that the, that's the reporting. So NBC News is considered the primary, you know, with the Washington Post, I guess, two of the primary ways the CIA does propaganda in this country, which is completely legal. The CIA is completely legal 
to run propaganda through our own news entities. It's not ethical, but it's legal. Um, so now that you know that, now that you know that the, the NBC News is considered a, uh, an owned organ, news organ by the CIA, who do you think you'd worry about assassinating Trump from within the country? Are you worried that the FBI would do it? Are you worried that a judge would do it? Some judge? Are you worried that a regular police officer would do it? No. If you're worried about it all, you're probably thinking about our own CIA because you have some questions about Kennedy's assassination, right? You have some questions. Now, I don't know if, if the CIA was involved with the JFK assassination. I only know it looks exactly like it. And I think RFK Jr., who certainly has looked into it, believes there's a connection. So now, now does it make sense? Dan Bongino, who's an expert in this field, it used to be his job, says he sees the environment uh, creating what looks like an elevated risk. Is that unreasonable? He's an expert. He's showing his work. Everything he tells you, he can back up with, you know, this happened, this happened. And together, I'm feeling an elevated risk. Now, that's not a certainty. It's a risk, right? And that risk would absolutely be from the CIA if it's real at all. And if the CIA wanted to cover it up, who would they send? NBC News. So if you happen to know the, the landscape of the actual uh, real news situation, it looks like the CIA is covering for themselves, if you're a Republican and you reconnects. Hey, did you miss me? I wonder if it was the topic. If I said masks are really good for you, do you think it would have glitched? Just asking. Does anybody think that? If I, if I said, hey, everybody, get your boosters, get your boosters, do you think we would have a technical problem? I don't know. Maybe. Hard to say. But, you know, I haven't started yet. Let's see if we can make uh, YouTube glitch again. Anybody want to see if I can make it glitch again? <laughs> I'm just getting started. All right, let's see if we can make uh, the, the deep stage show its hand. Now, it could, be, it could be a coincidence. It could be a coincidence. Coincidences do happen. All right, <clears throat> we're going to clip this next part. So the clip is going to start right after I put my hand out. Are you ready? All right, I'd like to describe to you with my double whiteboards how I see the landscape of the country and the news, etc. I'm going to take it from two perspectives. Number one, what is the situation for Republicans? Situation for Republicans as I see it. Yeah, I'll move that out of your way. Looks like this. As you know, not everybody has good information, and sometimes we all believe things that aren't true, including me. On the Republican side, this is how I see the landscape. Sometimes there are rumors that are started uh, at grassroots level, and these rumors could come from anywhere. These are just three examples. Could be 4chan or Reddit or somewhere next. And it's a bunch of BS, and sometimes that BS trickles up to leadership and famous people. 
And so you'll, you'll get some Republicans who will believe some of it, and they'll get Republican voters to believe it, and then uh, the Democrats will criticize them for being uh, wrong about something that's wrong. Right? Now, this looks about it. Does that kind of capture the Republican side of things? I'm trying to get it out of my own way here. Let's see. Would you say that largely captures what happens? Now, I'm not saying that everything Republicans believe is wrong. That's nothing like that. I'm saying that when they're wrong, because everybody's wrong, right? But when they're wrong, it usually looks like this. It bubbles up from some rumors. Some politicians pick up on it. Republicans say, oh, other people are saying it too. And next thing you know, there's some BS. And then the Democrats pounce. And they fact-check you, and they make you look stupid. And then they say, all Republicans are dumb because some of them believe this stuff. So that's basically the landscape, all right? But what does the landscape look like on the other side? Does it look like this? Not as much, no. Looks a little different. It's way more complicated. But it looks sort of like this. This would be the Democrat news um, landscape. If I can get out of my own way. All right. So, I think mostly you can see it now. So, you've got the CIA and the FBI and uh, various Democrat operatives who feed their fake media. These are just some of the names we know are the illegitimate media. So these are the ones who are being influenced by Democrat leadership and uh, various entities that they have some control over. So the media is fake news, but Democrats are not, they're completely unaware. <laughs> they, they think that there's, the Democrats believe that both sides have their own fake news, and that's really the whole story. Oh, we had a little fake news, sure, but you had a little fake news. Most of the news is true. Nothing like that is happening. Not in the political world, nothing. You know, the news about hurricanes is probably real. But political news is uh, coming from influencers. The media is completely corrupt. And the right-wing media only is only looked at by people on the right. So the left is completely unaware that there's any counter-narrative. They never see them. So they take their fake news and they get support from you know, the other fake entities which they support. Oh, the ADL says you're bad, too. Oh, the media said you're bad, but these other people, they agree. These are all funded by Democrats. So they're funded to look like legitimate organizations, but really they're just, um, they're just Democrat organizations to attack the other side. What about the fact-checkers, also funded mostly by Democrats, also fake? Um, so once you've got all of these other organizations from the media to these funded Democrat organizations, you, you've got a real big ball of fake news. That's why there are over 20 hoaxes on my hoax list that the Democrats all believe are real. At least 20 major hoaxes <laughs> that went through this machine. The outcome of this is that the Democrats are brainwashed, literally. That is not to say that Republicans have only the truth. Nothing like that's happening. <laughs> Republicans are also wrong about things quite often, but it, it's bubbling up from the, the bottom. It's not coming from the top. 
from the Democrats, it's all top-down stuff. And so the, their poor voters don't have any idea what's going on. They think, they think that this is some kind of a legitimate process, and they don't have any way to find out it's not. They don't have a mechanism to know that it's not real. Because the only thing that's telling them it's not real are people like me, and they've already, they've already told you I'm a disgraced cartoonist, and the ADL told you that I'm a Holocaust denier. <laughs> that's what the ADL uh, said. The, the leader of the ADL... I'm not just saying that somebody sent a tweet. The actual leader of the ADL labeled me a Holocaust denier. Now, I don't have to defend that. You know I'm not a Holocaust denier. But it shows you how the machine works. right? When you saw the Phil Bump uh, interview in which he got completely demolished for being a fake news guy, you could see all of this finally being exposed. It was obvious he wasn't a genuine writer with real opinions. You could tell that it came from somewhere, and he was supporting some kind of a, some kind of a machine. All right, so that's what happens to the Democrat voters. Democrat voters get brainwashed, and the Republican voters get shadow banned so they can't uh, fight back. Um, I would be very surprised if this gets big traffic on YouTube, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Watch the traffic it gets, let's say, on uh, the X platform and compare that to the baseline. And then watch what happens on YouTube and compare that to my baseline. Do you think they're going to be the same? Very little chance of that because the most of the platforms, uh, the media platforms, which I accidentally erased, this, is, this would say social media, uh, they're, they're going to make sure that, you, that the other side that has been brainwashed by the system, they're going to make sure they don't see me. Only the people who already agree with me are going to see me. And, of course, there's prosecutions going on. So the Department of Justice is making sure that if you have an opinion such as the one I just expressed, that they're coming after you. So here's what is really, really interesting about this week. The entire gears of the machine are now obvious. You can see the entire Hunter Biden money-making scheme. Right? It's all laid out. You can see every part of it. Now, the Phil Bumps of the world, the illegitimate people, are going to say, but, 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 you haven't made the case that there's a direct payment from Hunter Biden for any favors that went to Joe Biden. But we know he paid his expenses, and that's the way it works. We know that it doesn't, that, you know, there's not going to be a piece of paper. We know that what influence buying and selling looks like. It's all laid out. But Democrats don't know it. Don't know it. Here's what would change everything. I don't know that it'll happen, but if you want some optimism, all it would take is to draw this diagram into a a better form, and then every time there's a story that could be better understood by this landscape, you print it with a story, and then you highlight the parts that have been activated. For example, some people say, I don't know if this is true, but some say the FBI is more influencing the New York Times whereas the CIA is more influencing the Washington uh, Post. I don't know if that's true, but wouldn't it be interesting to see a story in the news where you could light up these parts and show which ones were involved? So you could sh- once you could show the landscape and how different it is on the Republican side, you could possibly for the first time uh, release some of the Democrats who, in my opinion, are just victims. I have to say that in 2016, 
when I started talking about politics in public. And, you know, it would be a big fight between one side versus the other side. And to me, it just felt like, oh, we just have different opinions. Different opinions, that's all. And we're fighting it out. That's the way it's supposed to work. But once I learned the entire landscape, and I realized that their opinions are assigned to them, and then they're solidified by this entire, this entire uh, constellation of, um, let's say, uh, people who are just slapping some paint on the turd, if you know what I mean, you know, that once you understand the whole landscape, you understand that they're not legitimate actors in a legitimate process. They're actually victims. And so I've started treating the, my Democrat brainwashed critics with uh, sympathy. And I just say, I'm sorry they did this to you. Because that's my actual feeling. I don't feel like they're attacking me because they had some independent, well-researched thought. <laughs> and, and they've decided that attacking me will help them in some way. Attacking me isn't going to help anybody. I actually don't have any, uh, any incentives other than to try to make things a little better before I leave this weird little ball they call the earth. I don't need your money. You know, uh, and and obviously I'm not doing it for reputation, because I've been the most you know disgraced and maligned person in the United States probably this year who, who wasn't named Trump. Um, so I'm only doing it because my payoff is if I make something better, then I feel good about myself. That's it. So that makes me kind of dangerous. Anyway, once you understand the model. And if, you have a, if we have a way to communicate it. So here's, here's the key point. It's not good enough that I explained it to you. That doesn't help anybody. It would only be good if this could be operationalized, turned into a sort of a standard way of explaining things, so that whenever Democrats come in and they're, they're victims, they've been brainwashed, you could show them something. Now, the ideal form... I'll just uh, brainwash, I'll uh, brainstorm a little bit. An ideal form would be some kind of a graphic that's maybe not exactly this, but something in that nature, where you could click on any part of it to validate that it belongs on here. In other words, you could click on one of these groups, and you could say, here's a news story that shows you why they're not legitimate. Here's a news story that shows they get all their funding from Democrats. Right? So if you could do that... It, you know, here's the, the fact that Phil Bump is ever involved in a story. If you knew the landscape, as soon as you saw his name, you'd say, ah, it's a Phil Bump situation. As soon as you turned on the news and you saw any one of these designated liars, you know, Schiff, Swalwell, uh, you know, you, you can make the list yourself. There's some people that the news calls in because they know it's not true but they need people who are willing to say literally anything in order to get somebody on TV who will support the narrative. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes my double whiteboard explanation of how everything works. Now, uh, having now completed that presentation, I tried to make a beginning and end because I'm going to clip it. Do you, would you uh, let's double back to my first claim? All right, my claim before I started this was I like to have at least one thing brewing in my life that could change the world. 
That could change the world. If Democrats learned what happened to them, and we're almost there, we're almost to the point where you could actually present them with the full, uh, the full machinery of what put them in the situation they're in. Now, some of them have been also educated by the education... Uh, you know, I should have put the education system up here, college. But college has turned into, you know, one of the brainwashing operations. Um, so that probably belongs up there as well. But if you didn't know that college is a brainwashing operation, maybe not intentionally, it just sort of evolved that way, um, you wouldn't really know why you even have opinions. People actually don't know why they have opinions. They think that they thought of them themselves. That, that's not how anything works. People don't come up with their own opinions. They're assigned. And they're assigned based on what you have access to on your own. Right? If you had access to your own information, maybe it would be hard to assign it. But we don't. Uh, I can tell you, you know, you, you tell me who you voted for, and I'll tell you what information you have access to. And you just won't even let yourself look at the other stuff. So that's, that's, how, we, that's how our opinions are assigned. The fact that we don't have a way out. We don't, we don't look at other stuff. Now, this group, again, I'll, I will compliment you because I think it's warranted. The people who watch this kind of content are not like any of the people I talked about. Right? You, this group is far more likely to identify BS on their own side than other people. And identifying it on your own side is the hard part. Identifying BS on the other side? Well, that's children's play. That's children's play. Everybody can tell the other side is lying. The hard part is knowing when your side is lying. Right? Because they have the inside they have the inside track on influencing you. So watch out for your own side. They're the dangerous ones. And, and, and let me say it a different way. If, if Republicans were not believing a whole bunch of bullshit in addition to things that are true, the Democrats could not suppress them. It's only because there are so many Republicans who do believe bullshit that they could be completely discounted by the other side. So is there anything that's happening right now that would change that situation? where Republicans seem to be believing in a lot of bullshit. What, what would change that? And what would his name be? Yeah, you're ahead of me. Vivek. Vivek is not just really good at what he does. Like Trump, he's changing the narrative. Everybody who saw Vivek talk about climate change just went up a level in their ability to explain their side. Am I right? If you were copying Trump and saying, it snowed yesterday, so climate change is a hoax, you look like a fucking idiot. I'm sorry. You might even be right, but you would look like a fucking idiot if you repeated what Trump said about climate change. Which, I'm not saying Trump's wrong about anything. I'm saying that the way he expresses it is in the least scientific terms you could ever have. When he talks about windmills, he jokingly says, you know, if the wind stops blowing, you can't watch TV. And the crowd loves it. Don't repeat that. <laughs> no. No, that's just something Trump says. Don't repeat that. 
So, but when you watch Vivek talk, every argument he uses is, it's like really close to perfect because he just has the skill. So if you copied Vivek's arguments for anything, the Democrats would be unarmed because their whole game is making you look like a chimpanzee for believing the most ridiculous bullshit and Vivek doesn't buy that, he doesn't buy into that. He actually uses arguments that can be checked. He uses things we all understand. And he doesn't, he doesn't give you bullshit. He's, he doesn't support anything he can't defend with a strong argument. But that's not the case for most Republicans. Republicans have consistently, over time, had points of view that they didn't defend even in a halfway rational way, really. But he does. So he can basically fix your weakest part of the Republican Party by at least showing you what a good argument looks like. And you just follow his arguments, and you will be fine. And the entire party will be fine. This is why I say that the candidates who are running this time, it's a whole different thing. They're, they're actually changing the world while they run. And you know, maybe, maybe Trump did a little of that, too. But I've never seen so much actual real-world change, at least in the way we think about things, um, than I have from RFK Jr., Vivek, and Larry Elder. I like to put him in the, in the mix, too, with his you know, family message. Very, very positive stuff. So that's the positive part. So, ladies and gentlemen, I believe I have talked about all the news... Oh, so here's, here, here's some more of understanding um, the big picture. Does it make sense to you that uh, leadership are half cadavers? How could you possibly explain Biden, <laughs> Harris? Uh, I throw her in with the mentally incompetence. So there's something wrong with Harris's brain. Would you agree? There's something wrong with her brain. I, it, looks, it looks to be like substance abuse. But I can't say that with certainty. She doesn't look like the same person who she used to be. And she does, feel, she does act and look completely incompetent. So it looks like drugs. But if it's organic, she needs to get some help. Because she's clearly not functioning like an adult. Right? So, I mean, that's just my point of view. So I, I'm not a, brain, not a mind reader. But when you look at even, even McConnell... You know, it's not even just the Democrats. There's something going on with the... You know, we, we've lost... The brains of the leaders went away and nothing really changed. That, that tells you there's somebody, there's somebody behind the screen. Because if there were nobody behind the screen, the people who were just regular Democrats would say, whoa, whoa, whoa we'd better put a better candidate forward. <laughs> yeah, so there, there's some kind of influence or operation that's going on that's beyond just trying to conserve the majority. There's something deeply wrong here. All right. Amazingly, YouTube did not glitch, as far as I can tell. Did I miss any uh, news stories that you desperately wish wish I'd talked about? Federstein. (laughs) Um, Obama... Well, some say that the power behind the screen is Obama uh, or Clinton, 
But I would say that they may be the same as the uh, intelligence groups. So when I talk about the CIA and maybe some parts of the FBI, and again, you're not talking about every person in those groups. You know, it's always, it's always people within the group. Um, you, you can kind of see the whole landscape at this point. Yeah, so Obama might be mixed up with that crowd, some say. Some say Obama is CIA. Well, if you look at, I think Biden said um, there were five current or former heads of the CIA who signed the laptop disinformation letter. Five former or current members of the CIA. Is there anything else you need to know? (laughs) Yeah. And they backed completely the Democrat narrative. They did not back the country. It's clear that that was not for the good of the country. That was for the good of the Democrats. So were they independently acting in a way that they thought was just good for Democrats and they were Democrats, and that was the end of the story? Do you think that's the case? Or do you think there might have been some power that organized all of those people? Hard to say. But I got my suspicions. Yeah. Um, And I guess uh, Jimmy Buffett passed away at 76. He was, by the way, one of my uh, role models for business. When I I started uh, doing the comic, uh, he was killing it, and he was selling out in all his concerts despite not being more of a name brand, you know, rock star kind of guy. And the way he did it was he he was really good at marketing. (laughs) He was super good at marketing. So he was my role model for marketing. He had a strong, uh, I guess he had a mailing list and had sort of almost a cult following. Yeah, they ate a lot of cheeseburgers. That's all we know about them. So uh, here's another sign that your news is not real news. You ready for this? How many times have you heard that the Ukrainian uh, prosecutor was really going after Burisma? No, he was, that he was really not doing his job and that there were international groups that wanted him removed. So you've heard that like crazy, right? Has anybody asked this question? And I, I thought, I thought uh, Phil Bump was going to get this question. But Phil Bump makes the same argument. It wasn't just Joe Biden who wanted that guy fired, the Ukrainian prosecutor. It wasn't just him. Yeah, Victor Shokin. It wasn't just Biden. It was these international communities. And then you know, he throws his hands away and goes, here's the question for him. Which entity media has interviewed one of those people? And which one of them could say no to the United States? Which of the people who wanted Shokin gone individually could say no to the United States and feel it wouldn't have an impact on their career? Any? No. The answer is, this is one of these... So remember I showed you how this is done? So, so you have you know, bad people who plant a story, and then once the story is planted, you have various fake organizations back the story. And then everybody can say, hey, you don't have to believe me. Look at these organizations, right? Do you recognize the play? 
All of those organizations they mentioned that also wanted Shokin gone are just their own surrogates. And somehow, both the left media and the right-leaning media, and the right-leaning media, has never looked into that. Just think about that. Nobody's ever looked into it. Have, have, any, have any of those individuals who agreed that Shokin... Right, Marcella? First time you're hearing this? Yeah. Nobody's asked, can we put one of those people who agree with you, Joe Biden, who also thought he should go, can we talk to one of them, and can we learn a little bit more about their background and how they get their funding and what, and what they think their career looks like and, and maybe even what president they backed? Were they Trump supporters? Now, they were in other countries, right? Now, who... <laughs> right. Now, the fact, the fact that no, no uh, journalist looked into those other entities shows you that the fix is really deep. I mean, it must, it must include the right-leaning media. Because how would the right-leaning media ignore that? It's the easiest thing. Just check to find out if the other people who agree are honest players. <clears throat> now, when I told you that when you see the landscape, it allows you to take all of their ops and map it to the parts, and then you instantly understand it. See, you didn't understand, right? You didn't understand that why did those other people keep saying that they agreed with Biden that that guy should go. But now you understand. Their play is always the same. They'll always get fake entities to support their narrative and then say, hey, it's not us. I mean, if it were just me, I mean, sure, I'm a, I'm a Democrat, so you can't believe me, but, but look at those entities that I funded or control. You, you saw how China seemed to control the WHO during the pandemic? Same play. Same play. Don't believe us. Hey, hey, uh, I know you don't believe us in China, but, but look at the organization that I control. So if you're not going to believe me, certainly you could believe the organization I totally dominate and control. Yeah. Once you see it, it's everywhere because it's the same play. All they do is they come up, they change the names and the players, and then they just put it back on the framework and it works. And Republicans don't have this kind of system. They just have people who have ideas. (laughs) Some of them are wrong. That's it. People have ideas and some of them are wrong. It's a whole story for the Republicans. So that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes the best live stream you've ever seen in your life. And when I tell you that there's some chance that it will change the world... I think you can see what I'm talking about. Thanks for joining YouTube. I'm sorry you got glitched there, but I think you, you got to see the good parts, and I will talk to you tomorrow.